Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us in our podcast. Um, we're excited about having a sunrise service with you. So I hope that you're sitting on your porch or sitting at the lake, wherever that you may be, being able to watch the sunrise. Hope you enjoy the service. Because he 
And sin has left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Jesus came. God, thank you so much for allowing us to gather together this morning to worship you. 
God, we just thank you so much that your greatest sacrifice was our salvation. So God, in this time, let our worship rise to you. That it may be pleasing to your ear. That it makes you smile. So God, we just love you and we thank you for the sacrifice that you so freely gave. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning, church, and happy Resurrection Sunday. Thank you for joining us for this sunrise service, and I hope that you found a place to watch the sunrise as you listen, either out your window or back porch or somewhere. But I want to open our time together as the sun is rising with Psalm 77, 14, which says this, You are the God of miracles and wonders. You still demonstrate your awesome power. Man, I hope that you have found a place this morning to see that sunrise so you can see the demonstration of God's power that we usually take for granted. We are currently traveling around the sun at 67,000 miles per hour while simultaneously spinning around at 1,000 miles per hour. Based on that, let me read that psalm again. Psalm 77, 14 says, You are the God of miracles and wonders. You still demonstrate your awesome power. So today, we celebrate God's power as we remember what Jesus did for us. That he died for our sins, but was resurrected to give us life. But in a few moments, you're going to get up from where you are and leave that spot and be faced with the reality that we're in a global pandemic. What a, what a contrast. Faith and trust as we view the demonstration of his power. Uncertainty and maybe even fear as we look around us. Sometimes the situations of life cause doubt to creep in. And here we are on Resurrection Sunday celebrating the power of the resurrection while quarantined and trying to figure out who on the news or the internet is giving us accurate information. So doubt can undermine the demonstration we see each day of God's power in the rising of the sun. So this morning, I want to talk a little bit about a faith that honors God. If you walk around with faith and doubt struggle uh, going on in, inside of you, you're no different than any one of us, right? Back and forth in our heart, there's, there's a struggle of having faith but doubt and faith but doubt. And maybe one moment the news sounds positive to you. And maybe another moment you're having this, this struggle. And I just I want to say this to you. If you walk around with that struggle, as I think most people do, then there's a Bible story that's just for you. Well, really just for us. And it's in Mark chapter 9, verse 16. Let me set up the story for you first. So the disciples are in a heated theological debate with some religious leaders. They're debating because the disciples, who had an amazing batting record when it comes to healing, could not heal someone that was brought to him, a child. Mark 9, verse 16, reads like this. 
What are you arguing with them about? As they sat and argued, he asked, a man in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. Now there's probably a couple parents out there right now that are saying that happened at my house yesterday. Can I get a miracle, please? Uh, but, but this was demonic. In nature, verse 18, the second half says, I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. This is a huge moment to consider. Maybe for the very first time, the disciples are not able to perform a miracle. And this starts the debate that has happened, quite honestly, ever since. Why did God not do this? Is it something I did? Or didn't do? Is it something his family has done? Maybe the boy is just a bad kid. Confusion sets in. Doubt has consumed everyone in this moment. Picking up in verse 19. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long will I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. And when the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into convulsions. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It, It has often thrown him into fire or water to try and kill him. But if you can do anything, catch those words, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. So how, how do you and I deal with unbelief? If we're going to live out a faith that honors God, we have to deal with the doubt in our lives. Anybody else deal with doubt? Well, of course you do. So let's talk a little bit about doubt for a moment. We need to expose how the enemy is trying to increase our doubt. Here are three specific causes of doubt that we can see right in the middle of this story. Causes of doubt. The first one, we believe like the people around us. We believe like the people around us. Attitude is way more contagious than coronavirus. Negative attitudes are pervasive. They are just those people that have a problem for every solution. Notice the verse in in, in, uh, verse 19 of what was just read. You unbelieving generation. Interesting, he didn't say you unbelieving dad. The dad's unbelief was there because he had surrounded himself with the negativity and the doubt of people around him. We are in a culture that is very much like that that would say, no, God can't, or no, God won't, more than it would trust that he can or will or still demonstrates his power today. That is why, no matter what your age is, we typically would say what I'm about to say to young people, but no matter what your age is, it is critical that you are careful about your closest friends and the people that you spend the most time with. 2 Corinthians 6 and 14 says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? In other words, choose your close friends very, very carefully. 
If you don't, it could be the cause of doubt that you're struggling with right now. The second possible cause of doubt that the enemy would bring to us, especially in a time like this, is we've tried things that didn't work. We, we've tried things that just didn't work. Mark 9 and 17, it said that the man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed with a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground, foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. Check this. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Right? Tried this, but it didn't work. You know, many of us have bought the book. We have taken the steps and nothing. You, you went back to your spouse and you tried to speak differently to them this time, but they still blew up. You, quote, tried the God thing, but it didn't work for you. You have compared results with other people and concluded that it doesn't work for you. Well, there's a problem with that. Your story is unique. God has a specific plan for you. So we can't try to live other people's story by trying to follow some formula that quote unquote worked for them. Listen to Isaiah 55 and 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Listen to me this morning. God has a specific plan for you and for your life. It is amazing. It is the best for you. God's plan for you is so much better than anything that you can think or imagine. So our two causes of doubt we've talked about so far. Number one, we believe like people around us. Number two, we tried things that, that just didn't work. Number three, we believe, sort of. We, we believe, sort of. I believe that God is all-powerful, and he can perform miracles, but I don't know if he will do it for me. In verse 22, the father says, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. I don't think that the father means to imply that Jesus can't. He probably would not have brought the son in the first place if he didn't think that he could. What he means is, I have doubt. I don't know if you'll do it for me. Mark 9 and 23, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And verse 24, immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. What is that? I believe, sort of. You ever been there? I know I've seen all of these causes of doubts work in my life. And when we let these things persist in our life, we can become unproductive, cynical, maybe even skeptical. Maybe you've wondered why your life feels unstable, and it may be that doubt has set in. James, the actual brother of Jesus, wrote this in James 1, 6 through 8. But when you ask, you must, you must, important word there, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. How do we go 
from unstable, skeptical, unproductive place where we're doubting to a faith that honors God. Let me give you a couple thoughts. A faith that honors God, number one, believes when it doesn't see. A faith that honors God believes when it doesn't see. Hebrews 11 and 1, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. I know a number of years, Jen and I lost lost a baby. Within a matter of three months, we also lost her father, who we were both very close with. And boy, what a devastating time for us. What, what a time of kind of, and I was a pastor. I was in ministry. We were serving the Lord. We were, we were trying to do everything we could do to do what God had called us to do. And yet we lost this baby and we had issues now of whether or not we could get pregnant or not. And, 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 and so we, we didn't know, like, we, like, but we trusted, okay, God, you, you have it in control. Um, I, I will, I would be a liar to tell you there weren't a lot of tears and a lot of conversations where we just kind of sat and looked at each other and, 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 and would come to the end of our words. And I, I don't know, you know, it would have been awesome to, to have a kid. It would have been amazing to, to be able to, to go through that whole process. But you know what we just said earlier, God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so now here we are many, many, many years later, we've had eight foster kids, adopted five. I've got three beautiful teenage girls that live at home right now. And I wonder if we had had that baby at that time, would we have adopted kids? Would we have missed the amazing opportunity that we've had to be a part of Richard, Cody, Tina, Dominic, Nefeteria, Crescinda, Jasmine, Ayana, all of these children's lives that we've gotten in our, because see faith that honors God believes when it doesn't see, even in the middle of the pain, we believe and trust and know that God is God and he will take care of all things. I, I don't have time to go into a whole story, but there's a story in Matthew 9, and I just want to read one verse from it, Matthew 9, 28. It says, when he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and asked, uh, and he asked them, do you believe that I am able to do this? And their response, yes, Lord. Let me ask you this morning, do you have faith that trusts when you literally, these blind guys literally could not see? It's a choice, listen to me, not a feeling. It, it, it's a choice, not a clear picture. It's a choice we make to know that God is not only who he says he is, but it is his very nature to choose the best for our lives. A faith that honors God believes when it doesn't see. It also, number two, persists when nothing changes. Colossians 4 and 2 says, be persistent in prayer. And keep alert as you pray, giving thanks to God. Most of us have not seen anything like what we're going through in our lives. No chicken or meat sometimes in the store. Uh, it looks like toilet paper will soon become a currency. It's, it's, it's crazy and it's hard to understand. And for some of you, it's starting to feel like the movie Groundhog Day. That you just get up and it's the same day over and over again. But a faith that honors God persists when nothing changes, when it seems like things aren't moving and that we're getting nowhere fast. 
Do you know what is in direct contrast to those feelings? The, the direct contrast of, of same old, same old and, and frustration and uncertainty. Listen to me. In direct contrast to that is the concept that God never sleeps. While you and I have seasons of our lives that feel like an eternity in a desert, God never sleeps. He is always, always working things for your good. While you and I are asking him to fix our situation in the way that we have decided is best, well, Ephesians says it this way in 3.20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, God never sleeps. As the sunrise comes up this morning, he wasn't sleeping last night. His power was still being demonstrated and he was in control, sitting on his throne and sovereign because Jesus on this day of the resurrection has won over death and given us life. God never sleeps and is always working on our story in a way that is immeasurably more than we can ever begin to think or imagine. A faith that honors God believes when it doesn't see. It persists when nothing changes. We hold on to the supernatural even when we don't see it in the natural. And number three, it also, it works when it doesn't make sense. James 2 and 22. You see that his faith and his actions were working together. His faith was made complete by what he did. In other words, live in preparation for God's answer. Do what you can today. What is in your hands to do today. That's how we live out a faith that honors God. This gentleman that's in this story, his faith was made complete by, by what he did. I, re I remember Jen and I coming home from the mission field as we were missionaries in Africa with Youth with a Mission. And we were sure that we were going to be missionaries for years to come. And so we sent out resumes to all kinds of different groups. And the group we were with, they have bases all over the world. They have needs all the time for people. But our paperwork kept getting lost. And then this base decided, no, we don't need somebody right now. And it was this moment of what in the world are we going to do? And so the time came for us to leave. Our time in Africa was up and we didn't have a next. We, did, we, we didn't have a next step. We came home and here we are, adults living in my in-law's house. I, I don't even have to go there on that one. Um, but, but, you know, the, the reality of now what and what are we doing? And we sold everything to go to the mission field. And so we came home and I'm sitting there in my in-law's house the very first day we're home. And I thought, well, I, I can't just sit here. And so I looked around and found that there was a class for security guards and they lived right down the street from the Sanford airport. So I went for two days to security guard class and then I went down and I had a job within two days uh, working at the airport as a security guard, which is not anything near what I thought um, God had called me to do or what we were supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be on the mission field, right? We're supposed to be doing all these things. It was, it was the, it was two days into me working that I got a phone call and I was ultimately asked to come and be a pastor in the Leesburg area. 
And I, I have to look back at that moment and almost see, okay, God was sort of testing me. Do you trust me? But also, will you have faith to just do what you can? Will, will you get up and work even when it kind of doesn't make sense? And do I think being a security guard led to me being a pastor? Not necessarily, but on one hand, I do. Because I think God was looking and saying, will you just work? Will, will you just get moving when you can't see anything around you moving? See, see, we need to do what we can today, even when we can't see, even when nothing changes, even when it doesn't make sense. Let, let me kind of sum all of this up with, with a, an idea that I want to put out to you as, as the sun is, is, is probably rising now or risen. Maybe you can even see it from where you are. And it's that reminder of God's power. It's the reminder of who he is. It's a reminder of the power of the resurrection is to bring life and life to the full. And so I want to, I want to leave you the, with kind of this big concept today. And it kind of summarizes all that we've talked about. And it's this faith believes God can, but trusts him even if he doesn't. You see, just as sure as the sun just rose this morning, the son of God rose on that day many years ago with a demonstration of power that is available to each one of us today and every day. We just have to believe. A faith that honors God is what was accomplished on this particular day. And so I opened with a passage that I now want to end with. Psalm 77, 14 says, You are the God of miracles and wonders. You still demonstrate your awesome power. Let me pray with you this morning. And there may be one of you listening this morning, then You've never actually prayed and received Jesus into your heart. And I'm going to pray a prayer with you this morning. And I'm going to pray with the rest of us who are believers this morning listening that maybe our faith has faltered just a little bit in these times. And the rising of the sun this morning and the rising of the sun 2,000 years ago reminds us that our God is still control in control and his power is still available. Father, we thank you for your word that consistently points us back to the realities of the supernatural, that even when the, the natural is, is un, uncertain, that we can, can have certainty in who you are, that our faith is based on what we cannot see because it's trusting that you are still in control of all things. And Father, we pray for anyone this morning who has not received you, that, that they would have the boldness to pray this prayer. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to live my life for you as best as I understand. I commit today, this day, to live for you from here forward. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.